Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition, the first college football rankings edition of It's Not Your Team, It's You here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And we are so excited that you guys are with us for the first release of the college football rankings that we've been talking about for weeks. Uh, so excited to see uh, who is going to be where. Uh, some winners, some losers, definitely some big shockers, too, that I don't think you and I really expected. Um, but if you're a betting person, this is something you got to pay attention to. I'm not sure any of you were betting on BYU being that low, which we're going to jump into. Uh, and this show is presented by BetOnline.ag from game spreads, totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Go to the casino guys, open 24-7. And um, please go ahead and go uh, get signed up and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses at betonline.ag, sign up today. So Haley, uh, we're doing this show on Tuesday, literally just a few minutes after the rankings have been released. So we're we're still fresh on it as well. Um, There was a lot to digest. However, right out of the gate, you were right that the top four teams from the AP and the coaches poll were the top four teams in the four spots, but it wasn't in the order. I think, uh, I don't know that you and I had the exact order the way that they did. Yeah. I honestly can't even remember what I said. I just know that I've been consistent with it being these four teams and knowing how the committee votes and that they vote based on who is the best teams right now. And like currently playing the best, those four teams are pretty spot on. And those four teams are, of course, no big shockers at the top. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Where that's different is Clemson has been in the four spot with that lone loss to Notre Dame. But the committee, seeing enough from Clemson, seeing that they were without Trevor Lawrence, a bunch of key defenders in that Notre Dame game that went to uh, uh, three overtimes to put them in the three spot over undefeated Ohio State. So that was kind of a little bit of a shocker. And then going through the rest of the top 25, there's just a little bit of chaos down there. Um, so I, where do you want to start off with, Haley, uh, on this list? As far as winners, losers, who, who felt good about the rankings? Who's not feeling good about the rankings? Right. I mean, I'll even just start off just with my thoughts on, you know, the top four generally because we said that they're not going to have a college football playoff without Trevor Lawrence. You're just not. That is why Clemson is sitting in that three spot. And quite frankly, I think Ohio State deserves to be in that four spot given their performance this weekend against Indiana, who is undoubtedly the toughest team that they've faced so far. And if Indiana could just stop the run even slightly, they would have upset Ohio State in the way that they surged back in that game. We saw a lot of flaws and a lot of vulnerability in Ohio State this weekend. We saw a ton. And, you know, there's something that the committee has talked about. And Gary Barta, the new uh, committee chair, who is the AD at Iowa, doubled down on two things, kind of contradict themselves, Uh, doubled down on analytics and the eyeball test. Those don't really go hand in hand all the time. But to your point, I think that is a big reason why to Ohio State being at four instead of three is that the way that they did play Indiana. You know, we talked about last week, Haley, that Ohio State was going to be tested with that young secondary, and they were in a big, big Mm -hmm. way. When I say a big way, explosive way. Oh, like massively. Uh, Yeah, we're not talking about just, you know, dinking and diming down the field. Haley, we're talking about 58-yard receptions, 61-yard receptions. Michael Penix had nearly 500 yards, and when I say nearly – I literally mean 491 yards through the air and five touchdowns. He was unbelievable. Uh, You know, you and I were texting this weekend. He outplayed Justin Fields, period. Indiana played the better game. Uh, You you could tell that, I mean, that is a well-coached team. Not to say that Ohio State isn't, but Indiana was in that game. I think that Sean Wade interception, you know, uh, right on the tail end of the comeback, that kind of shut things down and put it out of reach. But Ohio State got exposed in a massive way because – can you imagine them going up against a Florida, going up against a Bama, going up against your Aggies? And with the way that that secondary played, they would not have a shot. It's, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, unfortunately, and I say that unfortunately begrudgingly because we talked about it last week, that it's looking like we're going to have a Ohio State Northwestern 
Big Ten Conference <laughs> Championship. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that Ohio State is as safe as they like to think they are. I think right now they made it in this top four simply off the name of Ohio State and the fact that everyone wants to see them in it. And that's the whole reason why the Big Ten really came back to play aside from Nebraska thinking they're the reason. But, you know, I mean, that's where it is right now. And I think it's Ohio State's to lose at this point. It is. And I mean, if you look at Northwestern kind of being that surprise team, everybody's like, why is Northwestern up there? Because they find themselves in the top yep. 10 rankings. Uh, yep, the they're first sitting ones. at number eight, people. Number eight. Number eight, which is crazy. They're five and oh, they're not a flashy yeah. team. They never have been the Wildcats. We talked about it last week. I said, all you need to do is score 14 points. First one of 14 points is going to win the football game. Northwestern that, wins 17 to 7. Score. Yeah, the score <laughs> like, is 17 to freaking 7. It's, it have, if you fall into the Fitzgerald trap and you, 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 that good defense shows up and you can't figure it out, you're toast. And that's what yeah. happened to Wisconsin again. Graham Mertz, uh, he had his, obviously his worst game of the season. It's only his third game of the season, but yeah. he looked absolutely terrible. Northwestern did yeah. just enough. And it's funny you say it because we actually might get that. The reality is now there that it's going to be Ohio State Northwestern for a potential Big Ten uh, champion and, and a I think, playoff spot. And I think it's almost kind of disappointing, and it's disappointing for us as college football fans, because, yes, you want the Justin Fields in the college football playoff. You do. You know, you want to see the best players on the best teams playing those four games. But I'm starting to think that Ohio State isn't one of the best four teams. And, unfortunately, they're going to have to just go up against a Northwestern team who – as we're talking right now, yes, the score was 17 to seven, but not even like it gets worse than just the score. Northwestern had 24 yards rushing, 24, and nothing's really going to change there on that side of the ball, you know? So Northwestern is just a very predictable team and they are a team that I do think loses to Ohio state. So at this point in the game, like you're looking at an Ohio State Big Ten championship winner, but I just don't think that they're one of the best four teams in the country right now. I, I think the committee sent a message with the way that they had them ranked as Alabama, right. obviously, number one, Notre Dame, number two, and then Clemson, number yeah. three. If Justin Fields had showed up to play a stellar game and they had looked solid, right. Ohio State gets that third spot. Right. That was a clear message saying that this is all about the top four teams. The top four teams are the best four teams. And to your right. point, they just put Ohio State on notice saying, no, 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 no. The way you played Indiana was atrocious. You won yeah. based on talent. Of course, you have a little bit more in that department. But the way you played, Justin Fields throwing three interceptions, that's not going to cut it. Right. You know, Clemson barely lost to Notre Dame in a game they should have won with a backup freshman quarterback. So I think that sent a big message. And looking outside yeah. of the top four, it gets a little bit dicier. Um, A&M is number five. So congratulations to your Aggies. You have the team that the that AM beat their best win at Florida, number six. Yep. And following that, you have Cincinnati, the Bearcats. You have eight Northwestern, which we just mentioned. Number nine, Georgia, which we're going to get into here in a second. And then rounding out the top ten is Miami at seven and one, that lone loss being the blowout to Clemson. Right. So AM and Florida, there was a lot of speculation, obviously, Haley, like who was going to get it. Florida's been playing hotter committee when they talk about the eyeball test would certainly like that a little bit more than AM, who we haven't seen for almost a month now but right they gave them the advantage because of the head-to-head -head victory i don't even know necessarily entirely if it was head-to-head -head because yes florida the past couple weeks have been the hot shiny toy with kyle trask but this past weekend florida came back down to earth a little like this is this is the florida team that is what the true florida team is in my opinion they Played Vandy 38-17. That's a pretty score. But it's still Florida's defense that is so suspect. You know, it's, it's almost as if Florida is exposing every single team for what they truly are because Florida has a very low ceiling. And that's just how I view this team because they gave up 406 yards to a Vanderbilt team. That's you know, a, like yeah. their, their, their defense is consistently suspect and you say, oh, well, they beat Georgia. Yeah, Georgia isn't worth a damn, which we're going to get into. <laughs> we're gonna, but, I, I agree. You know, with the, low, like, uh, the low ceiling point, I think, is right. And if people are saying like, well, Haley, why are you saying low ceiling? Are you saying it because it's as far as Kyle Trask does that day? If he throws yeah. four plus touchdowns, well, then you're in the clear. But if he doesn't, like he didn't against Vanderbilt, right. 
then it's not going to be as pretty. Right. Like they score fast and they score quickly and efficiently. But if you get pressure on Kyle Trask and you take him even out of the game in the slightest bit, Florida is just nothing. They're in trouble I because mean, on the other side of the ball, they're not getting it back. They're that porous on defense right. that it's going to be hard to contend with a Clemson, with an Alabama, which we're going to see in the SEC championship yep. game. We absolutely are because, I mean, the rest of Florida's schedule is Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. So, I, I mean, it's looking like you're going to have that one loss, Florida Gators, in the SEC championship. And it's really funny tonight people talking about, you know, why is Florida not above A&M, yada, yada, yada. And Florida's going to end up being in the top four over A&M because they're going to play Alabama close. They're not going to play Alabama close. That's the thing is that, yeah, I don't they're think not. they are. They're certainly going to be there. I can see Florida getting ahead of A&M in the rankings when it's all said and done, but it's going to take care of itself, guys. Like right. a lot of this stuff is. Uh, I think if you're the Aggies right now, you're in a good spot, but I mean, you're, 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 you're going to white knuckle the rest of the season. One, you're going to win out. And two, you have, to, you, you have to have some things in front of you uh, happen. I think if right. you're an A&M fan right now, I think Clemson and seeing where they are, instead of Clemson falling to the fourth spot with that loss to Notre Dame, you saw, like you said, Haley, the committee loves Trevor Lawrence. They have a yep. ton of respect for Clemson, and they have a ton of respect for Notre Dame. So it's not going to be one of those two teams that's going to help A&M out. It's got to be a team like Ohio State that could potentially falter down the road for A&M to squeeze in. Because of the way it looks right now, and just tell me if I'm wrong on this, with the way that Notre Dame and Clemson are, with the respect that they have right now, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, I find it hard to believe that Notre Dame would be out of the top four. I mean, I think it's just going to be who's hotter at the time. Because yeah. then yeah. you're looking at two teams that have one losses. And when Notre Dame lost to a less stellar Clemson, that's their victory. You know, that's their, that's their claim to fame. But A&M lost to number one ranked Alabama. So at like this point, like you end up kind of splitting hairs, you know, because is the Clemson team with DJ Uagulalale? <laughs> Hold on. It's Ui Angulule. There we go. I've been, re- I practiced this name in my head. I got yeah. this down. Same, 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 same. Um, DJ is, is, yes, DJU is a Clemson win. I mean, is a Notre Dame win over a Clemson team with DJU better than an A&M win over Florida? That's where you're then splitting hairs. I think the splitting hairs part, it even goes further of, of you look at the way that A&M played against Alabama. It definitely was not pretty. It was ugly. If it was closer, there's a bigger discussion going on right now. For sure. But it was also week two of the season. It was. But for the same point of if, if Clemson, let's say, uh, for argument's sake, that Clemson comes back at full strength, uh, all defensive players are back. James Skalski's back. Tyler Davis is back. Trevor Lawrence looks good whenever they play next. Um, full strength and Notre Dame plays just as good of a game or tighter. How much credit then do you See, get to Notre Dame for that? No, no, I agree. I think, it I think Clemson, that. I think Clemson needs to wax the floor with Notre Dame. And that's how that gives A&M more of a tip of the hat. As long as A&M's next four wins or three wins, however many games they have freaking left, they missed two. We all know this. <laughs> if they finish the season strong and have dominant wins, then I think that's where you're going to really start having to raise some eyebrows because I like, I mean, and you know, even this week, Notre Dame playing UNC trap game potentially. So. Absolutely. Uh, it's also a chance for Notre Dame to strengthen its resume. And I think that's a right. bigger thing too, going down the rest of the list. You know, we teased at the top of the show and I think this is definitely one of the bigger storylines from winners and losers and shockers there's two in the top 15. Number one is Georgia, sitting at number nine, which I think even, in, even when they did the rankings, Haley, right. Herb Street and the gang were like, um, I'm sorry, what? The five and two Georgia team is what number? Number nine, way too high for the Bulldogs. And then the biggest shocker is nine and oh, BYU is 14th in the initial rankings. That 14. is behind two loss Iowa State, which by the way, folks, in, ca- in case you forgot, lost to Sunbelt, Louisiana to start the season off two loss, Oklahoma and Indiana. Um, like that it's honestly, it's just, it's disrespectful. That's what it is. It's, it's point blank disrespectful to BYU, what they've got going and not even just that, like, it's just, it's so hard. 
I think it's disrespectful. I don't think they deserve to be 14th. Do I think they deserve to be in the top four? No. Do I think they deserve to be six, five, six, seven? Also, no. Do I think Cincy deserves to be at number seven? No. But 14th is that's that's insulting. It's massively insulting. And here's what it is, because like I, the politics of this thing, it get it, it gets wrapped onto it. Because guys, at the end right. of the day, like I think the committee has done a pretty good job since day one, year one, of getting the best four teams in. Because it, let's right. be honest, the sin season and BYU's they're not making it in this year. But what it does when you have rankings like this that are suspect, it questions the validity of those on the committee. So right. Gary, Gary Barta is the new uh, 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 CFP chair. And I told you before the show, watching him explain to Reese Davis some of the things, and I told you we're doubling down on analytics and the eyeball test. Yep. Yep. Like you just brought up there, Haley, what in the hell is the difference between Cincinnati and BYU and who they have played? And I'm going to tell you why. Cincinnati I mean, okay, is on okay. the East Coast. They are on the East Coast. People watch them play. BYU is on the West Coast. Nobody watches them. That is the uh, this whole analytics thing that the committee will throw out. Well, the strength of schedule just isn't there for BYU. It's not fucking there for Cincinnati. What are we talking about? Just Tyler. don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. You don't just admit to me, admit to us. You just don't watch games on the West Coast. Just say it. Just come Tyler is going to die on this hill, which is an easy, I mean, it's a good hill to die on. I will also say that when he brought that up, like a bell went off in my head because I was like, oh shit, that's absolutely right. Do I think entirely it's because they're not staying up to watch BYU? No, because they do play on weird Friday nights and what else are people doing on Friday nights? You know, like, do I think that that's completely because they're on the West Coast? I think it's just more of the facts like, Still, at the end of the day, you've heard of the teams that Cincinnati plays. Do I think they have a staple win deserving them to be seventh? Absolutely not. Do I think that Cincy needs to also, if you're going to put BYU at 14, then put Cincy at 11. You know, because at least, like, at least you've heard of the teams that Cincinnati's played. Yeah, Cincy, I mean, yeah, they've beaten SMU. Who's, who's not, not in the top in 25. Yep. Uh, they have beaten UCF, which they struggled to do. Barely. They literally, they got out of that game um, last weekend by the hair of their chinny chin chin. So, and I go back to the doubling down on both. When the committee says when Gary Barta, which by the way, Iowa, I just have to bring this up. I'm not talking about collusion, but Iowa being ranked number 24 when they are three and two, when that right. the teams that they have beat to be three and two are a combined two and 10. Um, excuse yeah. me, Gary. There's a little bit of uh, – I have some confusion there on your thoughts of why the Hawkeye should be in there, which also, by the way, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and put on my tinfoil hat because I'm watching <laughs> Gary talk, all right? And we're talking about Florida and A&M, and we're talking about yeah. BYU. And he goes down to his paper, and he's talking about Zach Wilson. He says, Zach Wilson's been great. He's a Heisman candidate. So you know he's really good, but you don't care about BYU. So there's a Heisman candidate on a team right. that's not even top ten. And then he's like – and he talks, starts talking about Florida, and he's like – uh, he's looking at the camera. He's like, you know, Kyle Trask is also playing at, a, and I'm like, you have to look at your notes <laughs> to know who Kyle Trask is. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, this it's is not, the chair it's of the not a good look. It's, it's not, not a good, good look. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is, is good at football and Jeffrey Shields, just Justin Fields at, at Ohio state also is a Heisman candidate. Who the fuck is this guy? You've got Iowa at 24, BYU at 14, below two teams in Oklahoma and, and Iowa State. I just, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, Haley. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. I think, point blank, a BYU team could beat the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, at least pre-George, pre-JT Daniels. But, I mean – do you think it's, that's why the committee, Haley, right there, you just said it with Georgia, seeing the way, which, by the way, we just have to raise our hand and be like, hey, Georgia, why the hell wasn't he playing since day one? I know he was hurt, but, like, yeah, were we sitting I, on him for some reason? Because he looks well, and especially Especially the past couple weeks, you know, they he's been cleared to play. I'm pretty sure he was cleared to play in the Florida game. He was. And they just, yeah, they just didn't use him which we still don't know why I said the only thing that would make sense is he didn't know the playbook but you know he came out there and and he balled out and he did a damn good job so I honestly don't know nor understand 
why, but I mean, let's, let's take a look here. I'm going to pull up Georgia's schedule to see the remaining. And that is the only thing that I can process as being like, you know, maybe they're looking ahead and they're giving Georgia credit for using going to JT Daniels now. It's the only thing I think of. Here's, here's something I think of. Um, I, I like going to the well of the people I trust with their good analytics. Uh, analytics, And I, I love Heather Oh, you Dinich. know me. I love numbers. Yes. So Heather Dinich is awesome. One of my yeah. favorite follows. Heather brought up a really good point after the ranking. She says, you mean to tell me that this Georgia team, whose win, uh, his, their winning record is against opponents that are 15 and 22, so they're terrible opponents, and they're their last win was against arguably the worst team in the SEC that was a nail-biter. And in their two losses, they gave up 85 combined points. Is the ninth best team in the country? Somebody's got to explain this to me. The, I know. The analytics guys, the eyeball test guys on the committee, Gary's got to explain to me, what the hell do you see in Georgia? They got destroyed by Alabama and Florida. They have They're... eked by every other opponent. They have no quarterback. They have no identity on offense like you like to talk about. What are we yeah. doing? I will tell you, it's because, unfortunately, it's because they're a freaking household name. They are the Georgia Bulldogs, and that's what's carrying them to where they are. They finish out the season. They missed a game against Mizzou, so they're even down a game, and they finish out with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. <laughs> I mean, that's trash. Um, right. So you would expect them to keep, I guess, rising in the rankings. And I really just don't understand that. I think that one's pretty yeah. shocking. I, and again, it's not saying that it, that it really matters because I think we all know that the Georgia Bulldogs are not making it into the top four. But right. we're talking about when the committee who's going to decide this, when you look at the rest of the rankings, you're like, well, I just don't understand this. So you get a little worried if you're an A&M when things get down the line and they start looking at a head-to-head. And saying like, yeah, I don't really care about that because the analytics say this or the eyeball test out what it, there needs to be a consistent message. And so yeah. far in these rankings, we don't understand why Cincy is seven spots higher than BYU. We do not understand why Georgia is as high as they are. None of that makes any sense whatsoever. Right. It makes you get a little bit nervous if you're one of those teams like an A&M in a Florida sitting at the top. I don't necessarily know that it, it, it doesn't make me nervous currently simply because of the fact that they're giving so much respect to what AM has shown in the first half of the season. AM hadn't played in two weeks and they're still putting them at that five spot. You know, so that's that's to me showing that the college football playoff committee and all the voters are giving AM a lot more credit than I mean, I don't know necessarily that they deserve, but it's putting a lot more pressure on AM because of it. They're no longer this underdog that's trying to climb their way up, and there's no longer this AM program and team that's like, hey, we deserve to be there. Mur, 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 mur. Like, you are there. You're literally knocking on the door to be there. All you have to do is win out and hope some shit shakes your way, and you're there. But you can't get there. <laughs> I almost dropped an F-bomb, people. You can't get there you can't if you by want. messing up. I know I can. Actually, <laughs> but you can't. Tyler's the F-bomb dropper. I, I, get, I, I, I hold I my tongue. Not. You curse more than I do. I, I, I get feisty. But I th- save the F-bomb for that last week because it's going right. to be a race to the finish. Because remember, folks, there's championship week across the leagues. Yeah. Where everybody – so an A&M still could be playing on SEC championship weekend. Right. Right, A and M. There's four weeks left in this in this shebang, and Texas A and M has four games left to play. So it's going to be really interesting. I think we can all agree at the top. The top four seem to most likely be the four that move on. I think you yeah. and I both have huge question marks about Ohio State after that performance in Indiana. Um, I, I think it. I don't want to take too much credit away from Indiana. I'm not sure how you felt about. It. I think they're Indiana is a good team. Yeah. But I don't know if they're a really great team. And the way that Ohio State got exposed really does make you question how solid they are as a top four. Um, yeah. I, I hate that Georgia's number nine. That pisses me off so much because it's like, again, going back to what the committee says, the eyeball test. It's like, okay, Gary, have you watched Georgia play this year? Have you 100%. Play? I, I cannot get through watching Georgia play. And there's been several occasions where I've been like, hell yeah, let's do this shit. Come on, Georgia, be Georgia. And then they just 
aren't. And I'm like, what is this team? I've said it week to week on our podcast. You they have. don't have an identity. Their defense isn't as great as they wanted and thought they were, you know, like it's, they're just, they're not a fun team to watch at all. And they don't deserve to be there. At least as you've attested that you and your BYU fandom, BYU is a fun team to watch. BYU would smoke Georgia. Same with, I mean, same with Cincy. Like, yes. you know, got to give credit to their quarterback, who's so dynamic. Desmond Ritter is awesome. He, right. He's just up there with Zach Wilson as, as right. being this fun, dynamic uh, guy. Can do it all. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, at least they have that going for them. Georgia doesn't have anything going I, for them. So, Tim had on. I I completely agree that it is because of the household name. It's because of the pedigree. It's because of the SEC and Georgia. And there were past success. Like, like Miami, like how does nine. that, right. Like Miami, how does that make you feel? Miami's like, Hey, we lost to the you, fucking you, national champ. Right. And, Tiger. And, what you, are we... and you've played one more game than Georgia. You have more film than Georgia it's, and you're sitting in the spot below them. It, there's a few teams that could have some uh, very big gripes to be a, a below a Georgia team. There's the BYU has got to be upset. I think one of the more interesting things to look at too, when you talk about disrespect Haley, now this is something you and I, have done. We have to own up to that, that we have absolutely disrespected the Pac-12 on this show. But you got to give respect to earn it. How crazy is it? You were just talking about that Pac-12, and I'm sitting here actually counting how many Pac-12 teams are in this top 25 because I'm ready to say how much they don't deserve it. Uh, then ladies, first, where... <laughs> please, please go ahead. No, that's, I, I was still looking as you were talking to me. I was like, hmm, how many Pac-12 teams are in here? Because I saw USC, who is sitting at the 18th spot. And it's just it just blows my mind because you're looking at these rankings and you're, and you're looking at these, um, you know, overall records for these teams. And you're seeing 7-1 and one and 5-2 and two and 6-2 and 9-0. And, and, oh, and then you see the Pac-12, three games, three games. And I'm just like, no, this, it, that's, again, that's, not, yeah. that's not right. And it's there's not. two, it's Oregon and USC. Oregon and USC. Oregon is below BYU at 15 and USC. Uh, Which, you gotta be feel- haha, USC. Reggie Bush, number four, my ass. <laughs> hey, I, I'm sure Reggie loves this as well as Matt, that USC is one spot below Texas, who's five and two. <laughs> you know, you're not doing that great if you're below Texas, USC. Hey, um, and USC came out. They have a positive COVID test, so. And USC has not been looking that great. Yes, you're going to say no. they're 3-0. and and, and, hey, good teams find a way to win. They can be right. a good team, but they're not a great team. And if you're a Pac-12 fan, we've been talking about it on the show for a long time. In the same uh, vein as the Big Ten is that there was this window that you had to get through if you wanted yeah. to be considered. And look, with all due respect to the Pac-12, we're absolutely right. Cincinnati and BYU have been playing football since day one, and they might not yep. make it to the college football Final Four, but they're ranked ahead of your entire conference because they've been playing since day one. That yep. was the whole point. So when we're looking at this, there's an interesting conversation going on, Haley. Uh, you know, BYU talked about and, and said on their social, we will play anyone at any time, but they wanted to wait on the rankings uh, right. to see what was going to happen. There was a potential game with Washington – uh, that they wanted to put on the schedule, but they wanted to wait. So I'm looking at this tonight from a BYU perspective and a Pac-12 perspective, that if you want to increase your standing, they should be on the phone. BYU should play USC and Oregon. One I mean, of those I know it's very strange them. that they're coming out being like, oh, we, we tried to play Washington. It, cool. And then, and then they, no one cares. No one that, cares that you yeah, try to play Washington. That doesn't move the needle, guys. Uh, no. Kalani Sataki, that's, I mean, I, I get it, coach, but like, no, you need to play. And I think this is beneficial for both Pac 12 and BYU. They should both be on the phone tonight. Yeah. Oregon and BYU should be on the phone or USC and, and Oregon. Because listen, if you're the Pac 12, Oregon and USC do not play each other in the regular season. And they have right. nobody left on their schedules to bump up that resume. Right. You're not going to even sniff. You're at 15 right now, Pac-12 as a conference. You will not sniff that if you don't add somebody else on. No, I, com- I completely agree with you. And, like, they're having COVID issues, games canceling left and right in the Pac-12. So get your healthy teams on the schedule to play BYU. There's four weeks left in the season. You might as well try and make something shake. And the Pac-12 has clearly been okay with – bending their rules and evolving as this college football season has gone on. So why not evolve a little more for the betterment of all college football, all college football fans and your program and BYU make yourselves a little relevant here. 
completely agree. You And to your point, the Pac-12 announced last week well, they're open a non-con, so you're changing the rules, like you said. We'll go, 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 go get a marquee game because the rest of the country has changed as well. The SEC, right. ACC, Big 12 adding on teams playing in that championship week to get extra eyeballs, they're doing it. So what are you as a conference going to do to make your standing better? Yeah. Um, even if that's to happen, which I don't think it's going to happen, you know, BYU playing USC, um, BYU would smoke that ass and your conference <laughs> ain't going anywhere anyways. Fair. It's kind of like the whole thing, you know, it's, it's more of what is the risk reward ratio and it's kind of, you know, I feel like the Pac-12 is more like, well, shit, if we lose to BYU, that is much riskier than the reward of us beating BYU. I don't think they want that smoke because here's another well, thing. That, no, but well, that's, like, what, that's exactly yeah, what I'm saying. They yeah, don't want the that. smoke yeah, of BYU because yeah. think about how bad it looks. To lose if, to them. Regardless of how strong of a BYU team is there is this year yes very unprovenly strong but you still your conference that is so wavering and people don't give a shit about it if you lose to a BYU you're even more of a joke so you're just not even going to put that risk out there I, I agree that's probably what's going to end up happening right um and and we don't mean a shit on the Pac-12 but listen no. you gotta like it Listen, Oregon fans would be like, well, guys, we were in the first college football playoff. We went to the national championship. We understand that. I understand that Washington's been but that in as was well. What, five years ago? I know. And it's like, what have you done for me lately? And when you get to that spot, do you even show almost up? Almost 10. Almost, yeah. No, it was almost 10 years ago. It was what, yeah. 2014 was the first college football playoffs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Oregon played Ohio State in the, in the inaugural one. Yep. Um, and of course, yes, Oregon, we're not necessarily talking about you, Oregon. We're talking about the rest of your conference. When the rest of the conference, when they go out and play big games, they can't win them. I'll remind yeah. everybody that Utah was one game away last year from going to the final four. And then they got just dominated by a terrible Texas team. Dominated. Right. That was your that was your best shot. Yeah. You got to do better than that. I agree that they'll probably chicken out of this. And look, I mean, I, Pac-12, here's the reality check for 2020 for you. Northwestern is ranked higher than your entire conference. Northwestern. That's how bad it is for you right now. Right. And I, and I mean, I don't think they see it. They don't hear it. And the unfortunate part for the organs of the world is simply the fact that you can't put the whole conference on your back. And yeah. And again, that big if, if you were to lose, it would just be bad news bears for that entire, entire conference. I think you should do it, you cowards. Call <laughs> BYU tonight, get them on the freaking phone, and you play them. I want to see They're not going to do that. It's the Pac-12. You know this. Like, you I literally know, know. know this. What I, you know what I would really want, and I think I, I wish this would happen, is that I don't know if anybody can, like, go back in time and remember if you even remember this was on the schedule, but one of the biggest non-con games that was supposed to happen this year was Ohio State at Oregon. Yeah give me that give me something right <laughs> because like, i mean be because like that, that back. because that also helps ohio state ohio state yeah it is interesting you got to be thinking ryan day and justin fields like that was a big reality check yeah massive yeah. reality check um i looking, mean i hope that we get a little bit better of an ohio state team now and result of it I think you will. I think that game, if anybody, you know, watched it, you know, the first play for Ohio State was boom, Garrett Wilson. Second play, boom, touchdown, Garrett Wilson. You're like, oh, right. my God, this thing's going to be – they're going to run away with it. And then you could see Justin try and be perfect. He was missing wide open players. He was trying to just hit home run after home run, and it bit him. And he looked terrible after that. He got rattled. And to your point, like, they need help Ohio State. Like, they have to look yeah. very good the rest of the way. Because if it gets down to it and they're you know, scratching by games and they barely beat a Northwestern team, why wouldn't A&M be a better option? Simply because they, like, again, like, there's that's – what, that's what's fun, though. And, like, everyone listening, thank you for coming on this whole journey with us because this is where it gets fun because there's so much speculation and so oh, many yeah. arguments that could be made. And from here on out – things just get even more, you know, detrimental week to week and everything just comes down. It's coming down to the wire, which is crazy to think and see. 
And there's, it's just, it's fun. There's so many what ifs. We could just keep going and going and spiraling down these. But I, I do got to ask you how you feel because we kind of just, we kind of just, you know, grazed over it briefly in our Pac-12 conversation. Them Longhorns, higher, higher than you expected, right about even. They've got a big game coming up this weekend. How, how are you feeling, Tyler? I feel like this committee should be disbanded. They clearly have no oh. idea what they're doing. How dare you even rank these Longhorns? What have you been watching, good people of the committee? What, what number are they? They're 17. <laughs> they ain't the 17th best team in the country. <laughs> I've been watching this team. I know this team inside. They're not the 17th best. What the fuck are we doing? What are y'all watching? They, they are not better. They're, they might be better than a few. They might be better than <laughs> They might be better than Auburn. But I'll tell you what. Texas, I hate this. Texas could beat every single team in the top 25, probably not Alabama, but they could beat yeah. the big dogs. They'd lose to Tulsa, though. They'd lose to Iowa. I hate this team. It's ridiculous. God, I think it's a little crazy that they're 17. When I saw that, I was like, you're giving way too much respect to the Big 12. And, it, and you're right. They do have a big game coming up this Friday, Iowa State, yep. Texas. The Big 12 was kind of a mess. Um, Iowa State leader in the clubhouse, but then you have a three-way tie at second place with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Everybody's kind of beat everybody. So Really disgusting. It's, it's, I mean – Oh, it's gross. So when I look at it, it's like I don't even want to do the math to figure this out. Right. And, and I mean, how shocked are you, though – Let's talk respect here. We've seen, like, who – okay, that's my question. Who has Oklahoma played to be 11? <laughs> that's – I think Georgia and Oklahoma are getting a little bit too much of the name recognition. Um, Absolutely. I'm so glad that you threw Oklahoma in that because I – y'all know I was high on Oklahoma. I still am. This is not their year, and it's frankly disrespectful again, to a lot of other teams that Oklahoma is sitting at 11. I guess they're giving uh, – the only thing I can uh, – here's what I don't uh, – I don't know. Here's what I, I think the committee – again, the, we're, we're splitting hairs with the whole analytics and eyeball right. test. Eyeball test right. would say Oklahoma's been playing better football than Iowa State, but Iowa State beat Oklahoma. Iowa State also just destroyed Kansas State 45 to nothing, which is the same team that OU lost to. Right. Now they have a common opponent in Oklahoma State. Oh, you destroyed. Oh, yeah. By the way, I didn't watch one down of Bedlam. Who won? Who was that? Oh, wait. Oklahoma. Oklahoma for what? The 90th time? Hmm. Yes. Who would have guessed? Um, oh, you destroys them in Bedlam. Iowa State lost by three points to Oklahoma State. So I guess it commit. But again, nobody in the Big 12 is really that good. I would look right. at the head to head right there like you did with AM and Florida. Yeah. I'd be pretty pissed off if I was a Cyclone fan. I'd be like, are you really? We're right. We beat Oklahoma. Um, but again, an <laughs> Oklahoma name and brand and recognition is sexier than an Iowa State. It is. So I, I think even, you are seeing that. Even the fact, like, not only put some respect on Iowa State, kind of, but like Brees Hall, you know, like he is a stud and fun to watch. In Oklahoma, the team right now, there's no, there's no name. Yes, you have Spencer Rattler, but you're going to have three more years, two, two to three more years of Spencer Rattler. Let's like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I, I agree. I agree with you on Brees Hall. He's had a hundred yards plus every single game this year. If there wasn't guys named Travis Etienne and, and Najee Harris, he would be a household name. He'd be the best running back in the country. He technically is. Yep. I mean, he's, he's putting up monster stats. He carried them in that win against Oklahoma. He was massive in that game. I, yeah, if you're a Cyclone fan, you're pissed. Uh, you really want to go beat Texas this weekend, which you absolutely can. Yep. Um, I think Texas will beat Texas and beat Iowa State and just fuck things up. So that's – I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry that's going to happen. Um, Who's the home team? Texas. Ah. Uh. Sammy Boy's going to be back home. They didn't have to yeah. I was right. They didn't cover the spread against Kansas because they didn't play them, but I was right. <laughs> the um, way you get around beating teams like Dabo Sweeney says, you just don't play them. Yeah, which we'll have to get into when we wrap up. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Iowa State, you're hoping that you can make some noise. But, again, right. like we talked about, we predicted the Big 12 was most likely out of this thing. They absolutely are. Just looking at Oklahoma, your top team at number 11, they're not going to sniff the top five. It's not even going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's been cannibalized too much. 
So I think your playoff teams are in those 10 spots. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, There's I don't a, even know if it's that. I really think it's probably it's those six spots. Yeah. Florida because, and AM. I mean, as we've said, you know, BYU is completely out of range and shot of making it. So it is. It's those, it's those teams. You're looking at them right there. And I don't even think you could qualify Cincy. So really, I think the six top six, the four, four of the top six are gonna be your team. Unless something massive happens. Uh, right, and, for and sure. looking at this weekend schedule, you have Iowa and Texas, or Iowa State and Texas figuring out the Big 12 for whoever cares. Um, yep. But Notre Dame taking on UNC, you know, you would think Notre Dame, huge win over Clemson, had another big win yep. after that against BC. Uh, Notre Dame, does, or, or Vegas, does not like Notre Dame that much in this game. They are only a four-point favorite traveling to Chapel Hill. Do you well, smell something there? It's because it's like what we've talked about for the longest in that UNC hasn't truthfully, we've seen flashes of them being their potential and being the team that we knew and thought they could be this season, but they really haven't had a game that they've completely put it all together. And I think that's what makes them scary and a threat because they're like Notre Dame is the same way, you know, Notre Dame kind of plays to their opponents and and I think that's what's going to make this game a really intriguing matchup. And I just don't think you can have a look past Mac Brown. Uh, Mac, I tell you what, Mac, that's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up. If anybody was going to get a team up for a game, this is Mac Brown's sweet spot yeah. right here. Yeah. yeah. He and loves I, the whole, we're going to, they're the best team ever. Not going to beat them. Oh, yeah. he loves it. This is his sweet spot. I can right. see this and, all coming together for him. And, and I really do think that there's a little bit of this Notre Dame team that they could end up seeing themselves in a situation that they've looked past their opponents. They did their job. They've done what they needed to do this season in beating Clemson. Now it's time for that rematch here in a couple weeks. You just, it's, it's just going to be interesting. I could be wrong guys. Yes. Every week I root against Notre Dame. I do point blank. I root <laughs> against them. I'm, I don't like them. I don't like them as a team. They quite frankly annoy me. So I don't want to see them in the college football playoff and I would love nothing more than UNC to be the team to take that away from them. I think it could happen. Um, I think you nailed it right there. I think that's the problem that people have with Notre Dame going back to what you said is that they played to their opponent, meaning that they played down. You know, yeah. you watch this team play against Louis. They beat him 12 to seven. Like that doesn't speak to a Bama right. victory. A Again, victory. I have to a championship team. I've said this week after week, maybe not week after week. I really just said this two weeks ago because it was the first time that I really dove into people. I like numbers. You know this. I really dove into Notre Dame's schedule. And prior to playing Clemson, they didn't play a team that had a winning record yet. So I just, again, playing down to their competition, like that's just who this Notre Dame team is. And I just, they're frustrating. They're frustrating. And I just don't like them. It makes us, it was both kind of a head scratcher. And I, and I, yeah. I'm not going to take away from the victory at Clemson because they dug deep and they found a way to win, but they beat, as you said, the JV squad for Clemson. And with all due respect, Clemson should have won that game. They had the ball yeah. with a minute 30 left. You should win that football game. Um, But it doesn't matter. They did that. But look, Notre Dame, to your point, they really could be just like, we just want to get to the end for the rematch. They can't look past this weekend. Old Mac Brown, let's not forget, folks, that this guy took Sam Howell and this team. They were inches away from knocking off Clemson last year when they shouldn't have. This is going to be Mac Daddy's Super Bowl. I I like an upset here. I think it could be interesting. It's going to be on Friday. All eyes on them. I think Tar Heels could maybe upset them and just send this thing into chaos, which is what I want to see. And yeah. if you want to, if you're an AM fan, if you're a Florida fan, if you're an outside guy looking in, that's what you would like. This Absolutely. is going to be one of the best opportunities you have, outsiders, to get into the playoffs. Because yeah. I really don't think uh, Bama's going to stumble down the stretch. I don't think anybody else is, even though we talked about Ohio State stumbling, there's nobody left on their schedule that can even compete with them. No, they're most likely walking to uh, to play Northwestern and we all know what's going to happen. So this is a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could potentially be the fun that we all really need to shake things up, y'all. I, I, I just yes. got excited. I just got excited thinking about this game. I'm not super 
like I'm not super excited just because every time I've gotten excited for the potential of a Notre Dame loss, it hasn't happened. So maybe this is finally the time that the world rewards me and Notre Dame loses. Hey, I'll tell you what, Mac Daddy can get it done. <laughs> he can. Y'all folks don't believe me. He can. By the way, our buddy Matt Liner, I don't know if he's our buddy. I like Matt Liner a lot. And I like Reggie. I think they're great. Um, I, I like how they don't bully Brady Quinn, but it's fun because they beat him back in college with the Bush. I, yeah. I like the dynamic. But Matt had a bad weekend. Uh, Matt tweeted, did you see this, Haley? <laughs> Matt had a bad weekend. Matt tweeted, Matt is not happy about the restrictions in LA, which uh, I'm sure. Uh, I did see this. I did see this. He, was, he said it's ridiculous. I can't wait to move. Yes. Because they're not allowing indoor, outdoor dining for like three weeks. Yes. And the college football world collectively reminded him of a few things, namely mm -hmm. that he was the guy that also said, I think we're the better team and losing to Texas. A lot of Texas jokes, Rose Bowl jokes. So uh, one of my favorite pundits said, you know, you could always go get served at the Rose Bowl again. Um, Matt didn't have a good weekend. He had to apologize. He said, there's too many bullies on Twitter. He said, you guys are mean. The, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You're not wrong, Matt, but you, you fucked up and it's okay. <laughs> we all do. I still like him. <laughs> I thought it was the college football world is nasty. So like you're saying, shaking it up, I can, it'd be amazing to see something like that. Yep. We need it. That's, that's exactly what we need. We don't need a Notre Dame in there, even though technically like, this is me like coming back on my like ego, my small one. <laughs> I don't even have one. Actually I have none. I have no credibility to my name very much. So, but regardless, I did say at the beginning, my top four and my playoff prediction would have a Notre Dame in there. That was before the season started and my dislike of them really formulated. So now I wish I wouldn't have said that so I could root against them even harder. You should, you should give yourself more credit. I, you know, going back and walking the tape on this show, we've actually got not, I am going to toot our horn and, and yours because we have gotten a lot of things, right? Uh, you we were have. the first, you said it right there. First one, you said two ACC teams will get in. Those two ACC teams are Clemson and Notre Dame. They book on their tickets. That looks like it's going to be the case. We've been right on a lot of teams. Georgia, uh, we were down on. I was down on Oklahoma. I, I brought you on board eventually. Um, <laughs> you give yourself more credit. We've done pretty good on this show. We have. We have done pretty good. My Hoosiers. Your Hoosiers have been still the story of the year. And I just, I, I love the way that Tom Allen coaches. I thought the way yeah. that Michael Penix, I'm not going to call him the Penix man anymore. I'm just going to call him the man. That guy is the best there quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. He outplayed Justin Fields. He could have shrunk in that game so many times. Yeah. They were bringing the pressure. Aaron throws, but he stuck, he stuck in there. He wow. was unbelievable. You, you just said that he – you're going to piss off some Big 12 fans – I mean, Big Ten fans. You just said that he is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yeah, he is. Because he went head-to-head -head against the supposed best quarterback in the Big Ten, and that dude threw three picks. He did. So, look. Fair. He, Call a spade not, a spade. He's not beating Justin Fields last year, but we ain't talking about Fields last year. We're talking about Fields this year. Do you think that game – this is off topic. Sorry, people. Um, do you think that that game knocked Justin Fields out of the college football playoff? I mean, for, for out the of Heisman? the Heisman, yeah. Um, it definitely knocked him a little bit. I, I think his stats up at this point has been, have been amazing, obviously, but it's like, yeah. who again have you played? But that, that right. one team that is even worth anything – Right. You folded in a way that we, that was Justin Fields' worst career game. Yeah, I, I know. It's well, that's why I'm saying, about, like, it's like, well, that's why it's like, was that was it just more of an anomaly than anything? I think it was an anomaly. I think if you go back and watch that game, I think he that guy he, Justin is trying. He's a man on a mission. Like you yeah. can tell that he just wants to get back to the the playoffs and he wants right. to go to the national championship. There were so many plays um, just watching that game, especially crossing routes. The guy's wide open. Wide right. open for first downs, and Justin's just trying to go for the home run. Yeah, yeah. Step back. And, you know, they're even going to talk about it during the game. Just get the ball to Olave. Get it to Wilson. Just It doesn't have to be a home run every time. You could see him pressing. I, I do think he, he fell big time in the Heisman. Yeah. You, you've looked at Kyle Trask has had bigger games. His against yeah. Georgia was amazing. Um, Zach Wilson, even though Gary Barta doesn't consider BYU any good, he's been right. amazing. Yeah, I think he did. I think he got knocked down quite a bit. I think if he had rose to that occasion, he, he could end up walk away with this thing. Because Trevor, yeah. Trevor, I don't know if Trevor's still in this thing as much as a, a Trask or a Jones, because Trevor's got to come back and put up some numbers. 
I think I think it's too early to call. It is. I think we could say though that before Trevor got you know knocked down with COVID, even with Mac Jones and even with Kyle Trask putting up numbers, it's a popularity contest. Best player on the best team. Trevor was right. most likely going to get that thing, but who knows? Um, right. That was um, that was fun. It was like Christmas morning watching the rankings come out, and I like right. It was like did. you were un, so you were just unwrapping fun. all of these presents. And, and just even in the top 25, uh, like they go, you know, 25 to like 18 and then 17, uh, right. you know, I was like still shocked with a lot of what we saw. Still I cannot know. believe BYU. And even though BYU is lower, I think still the biggest shock of the night, without a doubt for me, I don't know what it is for you, uh, but was Georgia. Georgia being as yep. ranked as high as they were, it, it blew me away. When I saw them at number nine, Haley, I thought, wow, you're giving them a ton of respect. So I actually – thought Florida or A&M was going to be the four spot. No, I know. We talked about that last week. I thought yeah. it was going to be Florida just because they're, they have the hot hand right now. And if you're going to say that Georgia's the ninth best team and Florida beat them, well, then you really respect the top of the SEC and right. you would have them in there. Right. The committee's going to obviously read a lot and hear a lot about what people are saying about this. So they might be changing their tune next week. <laughs> the next rank. Always fun for the first one. Always fun. Um, Hopefully Gary, Bar Gary Barta remembers Kyle Trask's name. That's an important name to remember, Gary. Just, just. I mean, in fairness, Kyle didn't have as strong of a week, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. I'm still like, you're you're the you're the commissioner of this committee. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll yeah. see about that AAD of uh, of the powerhouse that is Iowa. Um, right. Gee, uh, that's just even ridiculous. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's the weekend slate. You have Penn State at Michigan, who I guess if we get, <laughs> get into Michigan like real quick. Oh man, Penn State, <laughs> Michigan, what a game! I mean, how low can you go for both of these these programs? No, but really, like who who, <laughs> who would it be more? worse for? <laughs> you know, like at this point, like Penn State, like this this year's an anomaly. We get it. This year's a very this is not the Penn State that we're we've been used to, and you know. Not that you can respect them for it, but you can at least acknowledge that this is just a weird year. But Michigan, it's like, this is what we've come to just know and expect, which is also equally disappointing. So it's like, which team is it worse for? Is it worse for a Penn State team who has yet to get a win? Or is it worse for a Michigan team who, if they lose to Penn State and give them their first win, what is that going to all mean? This is worse for Michigan in so many ways. There, yeah. This is a lose, lose, lose for Michigan, no matter how you slice it. The right. fan base is done with Harbaugh. Uh, they want to lose this game. Um, if Harbaugh does lose this game or, or wins this game, he's going to say that two of his best victories this year were against 0-5 Penn State and then Rutgers. This, this is bad. Right. This is a, this is a, Michigan doesn't win this even if they win this game. <laughs> I watched that Rutgers game. I chose to watch Rutgers, Michigan, because I wanted to see the fall of Rome, which it wasn't very impressive. I don't even know if I can call Michigan Rome. It's not Rome. It was yeah. an upstart civilization. It crumbled. That game was yeah. pathetic. It makes me question Harbaugh as a coach where Joe Milton gets benched in that game. You put in Cade McNamara, who just goes off for right. touchdowns. Right, and, and it's like, and then it comes down to like, you're coaching. Like, have you not seen that in practice? Like, it's... Why is he not playing? It's the same right. thing we go back to with JT Daniels. You and yep. I have been asking for weeks. Why is he not playing? Yep. Uh, but you needed triple overtime to beat Rutgers. Rutgers should have won that game so many times. Oh, I wanted yeah. it so bad for those guys. Oh, it felt yeah. like I was seven all over again. Greg Schiano's back. Um, but it's pretty pathetic at Michigan, like that you needed three overtimes, the University right. of Michigan, to beat Rutgers. So, I don't know. I hope Penn State uh, – I'm going to be watching that game because I'm an asshole. And then there's the Iron Bowl. Do you think Auburn has any shot in this? Are they finally going to no. show up, wake up? No. No. Okay. No. No. No discussion. Just no. no. That's why I was like, guys, on our – so Tyler does a great job of, you know, putting together our what we're going to talk about each week. And on the upcoming games, he put Iron Bowl. And I literally was like, <laughs> no, I don't care. Like, I mean, people, people, let's, let's be real. A&M LSU is going to be more of a game. That is, I, it's probably going to be more exciting of a game, but I love yeah. how your analysis for the Iron Bowl is just, uh, Haley's uh, thoughts on the game? No. 
who's gonna know <laughs> that's a perfect descriptor for the iron bowl i can't remember a less exciting iron bowl in the past 10 years usually this is a game right. we're up for right like this has been yeah kick six going on we had trickeration last year like this is a fun game this year it's going to be a bloodbath it's got to be right right so anyways so that's it I think that's it for uh, everything you need to watch. Iowa State, Texas, Notre Dame, UNC, Penn State, Michigan, Iron Bowl if you want to, A&M, LSU, who you – what are your thoughts on that game? A&M, LSU? Mm-hmm. Before we get out of here. I think it's a trap game for A&M. No, I, it's not. No, and, it's okay. not. Maybe not – okay, so this is where my head's at is – again, I, it just comes down to battered Aggie syndrome – Anyone that's listened, you know where my head's at on this one. And it really is mostly just because A&M, we thought they were going to hiccup against Arkansas. They did not. We thought that they were going to hiccup the following week. They did not. Now we're sitting here after they were such a hot team, looking great, improving week to week. Then COVID hit their program. Only one player for the record, tested positive for COVID, but it put them out two weeks of playing. I just don't see how a team can have huge success after not playing together collectively for two whole weeks. It's almost as if they're going back to week one and we saw that result and how poor the Aggies looked in just a lot, a lot of rust playing Vanderbilt. I'm hoping that this doesn't happen, believe me. I'm just trying to be a realistic Aggie fan and just know the pattern of this team and this program. And again, they've proven me wrong at every turn, at every you know characteristic of Texas A&M football. This season, this team under Jimbo Fisher has done a great job of not continuing in those patterns and you know laying down the framework for new traditions and new standards for Texas A&M football. But this just screams to me, the entire country just saw college football playoffs. You're sitting at number five, easily the biggest winner in all of this. There's so much pressure on you. How are you going to respond? How are you going to, you know, finish out your season? You still have four games left, which a lot of teams have two and three. You have four. And, and you know, it's, it's the SEC. It's LSU. Remember the last time LSU and a and played at Kyle Field? That was the seven overtime game. You just – you never know what you're going to get from these two teams, and that makes me nervous. But I am hoping that Texas A&M comes out eager to play, ready to get after it, and picks up where they left off. You are such a battered Aggie. I love – that was a beautiful diatribe about – that probably encompasses <laughs> the – brain process. <laughs> no, that – that I think you just spoke for all of Aggie Nation. Like, that seems, like, very spot on. <laughs> finger on the pulse of like how you guys are all feeling right now yeah Um, it's like it's like you're just teetering on this like world of like I don't really know how to feel right now but I know how I felt in this position previously so I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic here I think I think you guys went out unfortunately I think you're that sad cat with its face pressed (laughs) up against the window with it's raining being the fifth team just right there didn't get to come inside where it's warm and exciting and fun at the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, but maybe next year. But you could. There's still that possibility outside shot because here comes your buddy Tyler telling you that Texas could still win the Big 12. And if they do, there's a New Year's Bowl waiting for A&M and Texas to play each other and the Sugar yep. Bowl. And I'll be excited to be there. You guys won't be, but I'll be excited to be there. Right. Right. You know, again, I'm – No, it wouldn't be fun because <laughs> – it wouldn't live up to what AM and Texas fans have been waiting all these years for, so it wouldn't be fun. It's only been nine years and I think like a day or two because the anniversary was like a day or two from the last time they played. Yeah, no, it, it, it well, it was always Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, what it was, it was today, yesterday, nine years ago. Anyways, it was nine years know. ago. We won, this I was week. there. It was fucking. Dope. I was there too. I know. I, I was, I, I was, I, I watched Texas Longhorns male cheerleaders cry at the end of the game you we um, don't have male cheerleaders you have male cheerleaders you no, do, you do have and the male cheerleaders the they're called the co-ed team you also have an all-girl team you have two you have cheerleaders on the sidelines male cheerleaders that lift up the female cheerleaders 
It's a real thing. You can look at those up. girls up. We have the girls with the assless chaps. That's where we put most no, of our money. You and have attention. two cheer teams. You have a co-ed team and an all-girl team. Well, I pay attention to the all-girl team with the chaps. That's more Texas. That's your <laughs> dance team. Well, they're they're great at dancing. They do a good job. You're a bad Longhorn. All right. <laughs> yeah, I am a bad Longhorn. <laughs> All Longhorns are bad Longhorns. What are you talking about? Our dance girls, they're good with the chaps, and we won Anyways, 27 Your male cheerleaders were crying. Yeah, I think it's a... It, because they thought they lost. It was kind of hilarious. Well, they didn't. I mean, nobody cares, and nobody remembers that. Everybody remembers us winning. I guess so. They do. It was fun. And you guys in the SEC, you're doing fine now. You're number five and Texas is number 17. Yep. Whoever fucking thought that was a good idea. My <laughs> Lord. I wish I was on that committee. It'd be fun to be like a fly in the wall, that committee, just for a second. Right. So just be like, I would come out of my fly body, though, when I heard that that's where like, seven, Texas should be 17. I would morph back into a person and be like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Anyways. Can we not? um yeah well we should wrap it up we've been going way too long god this was fun i love the rankings um it's gonna be exciting we get to, to do it all goes. over again next week all right see you guys all right bye guys thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube